Welcome to an inspirational Sunday message from Found Church. We hope you will be challenged and encouraged while listening to this message. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our church website, foundchurch.co.uk, or you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And shares on behalf of Compassion this morning with us. Thank you, Edwin. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Hi, good morning. Could we just run this VT? Good morning. Uh, my name is uh, Adrian Turk. I am 65 years of age. I have three daughters, four grandchildren, one wife, and one dog. And I love my dog. And uh, I have the privilege of... Uh, I've been in ministry for 30-something years, pastoring in Dunfermline. But I have the privilege to go around churches now for compassion, just to share... The plight of so many children in poverty, there are, I'm sure you know, 356 million children in poverty. That's the kind of number I can't really relate to. I think 22 million children will die today in poverty. 
I can't even relate to that. But as you know, many of you sponsor can relate to one child. If you do sponsor at this church, could you raise your hand? Fantastic. You know, I want to, I want to thank you. I'm, I'm primarily here to do a little compassion uh, thank you, and then I'm going to share hopefully a few things that would encourage you uh, in our, our journey as Christians. Um, but I think this church sponsored 81 children. Now, that's not 22,000, it's not 356 million, but it's about one child. And 81 children is one of the highest numbers of sponsorships we have in a church in Scotland. I think it's in the top six. And I'm not saying that for any other reason than to say thank you. To say that what you do really matters. It makes a difference. And uh, maybe, we, so if we could run those slides, um, you'll see, I think, uh, yeah, that, that equates to 36, over £36,000 that you have invested and I say invest because you saw that video of those grown-up sponsored children who as a result of what we are doing, what you and I are doing, that investment has caused those people to grow up, be qualified, and then give back to their community. And that's what we want to see in poverty. Poverty is not just about not having a meal tomorrow. It's, it's a way of life. It's not knowing what tomorrow brings. And you've kind of bought into that. And, and I want to say on behalf of Compassion, thank you for that. Um, 322 letters have been sent to you we sent 100 back we're, we're not all great at letter writing I'm not great at letter writing but we're communicating it's the only way it's the only letters these children get letters that we would send them but thank you for that and uh, that, that 81 is represented by 60 primary 18 secondary and 3 young adults one person remember that is sponsored has an impact on a family and that family, if you join it all together, has an f- impact on the community. And all these children whose faces are there are, are from a region that this church are impacting, yeah. that are bringing hope. I, I, I don't ever underestimate what, when we join this all together, how impactful what you do does. And that one pound, five pence a day or whatever it is, um, that investment is obliterating poverty in this community. It, it's that... It's that important. So I want to thank you. And I'm not here to do a big compassion push, but I I have brought some children. Normally we would set up a table and a banner, but I'm not doing that today because you've done so much to support us. But I have brought some children like this Hazet from Ethiopia. And if if you did want to talk to me about sponsorship, maybe for the first time or a second child, then come see me. I'll be around the front here at uh, at the end. but I want to say thank you. It really does make a difference. For those who know what a QR code is and how to use it uh, online, you can, you can use that. And it, it brings up children from the same project that the 81 children that are sponsored uh, here are uh, sponsored in. So for that, like I say, thank you so much. Um, it, it means the world. I want to share today from uh, the Gospel of, of Matthew a passage that probably many of you are familiar with in Matthew 5, verse 13 to 16. And it says this, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, how could it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Then it says in verse 14, You are the light of the world. Now Jesus was speaking to his disciples primarily, speaking to a crowd, but he was... was, 
he was affirming something that was taking place in these disciples who were kind of evangelists. They were going to go out and, 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 and see souls saved, if you like, for this early church. And he says, you're the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on the stand that gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, Jesus said, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and bring glory to your Father in heaven. And I just want to kind of encourage you today about this thing, about this light that we've got, this light that, that shines. Each one of us, I believe, have got the DNA of Jesus. We've got a little bit of Jesus in our heart. We've got something that's been imparted when we receive the Spirit of God that transformed us, that took us from darkness into light, that took us from despair into hope. And Michael's praying there for, for all sorts of people with sickness, mental health, cancer. And so many of these people don't have hope. But we've got hope today. And, and sometimes we take our light, folks, at least I do, and I put it under the table where it doesn't give light to those that are in my, my oikos, if you like, or my community. And I just put it away. I put that light in the drawer sometimes. I put it under the table. I put it away. And don't believe, I guess, that sometimes I can take this light, this DNA, this little bit of Jesus, and I can shine it in the midst of someone's darkness. Now, folks, we have the light of Jesus in our lives. And we're not called to shine that light in church where there's light. You just take a, a, a lamp and think of a light for a moment. If we shine a, a torch into a lit room, it doesn't have any impact. But shine a torch into a darkened room, it's like a, it's like a lightsaber. It cuts through the dark. And that's what we have in our hearts. Folks, God doesn't have a second plan in terms of saving this world. It's, it's you and I. <laughs> and if we don't do it, the question I have is, who's going to do that? Uh-huh. And what is it? Well, we could talk about all sorts of, uh, of, of forms of shining that light. It could be evangelism tonight. It could be going out into Grange Mouth. But it begins with us in our lives today in the community that God has called us into. Our family that don't know Jesus, our street, the people. that We have to believe today. And I, and I know you know this stuff, but sometimes, I don't know if you're like me, but when I hear it afresh again, I think, oh yeah, that's true. That's me. See, when I was eight years old, my parents bought me a, a red cape. It was a Superman cape. I think it was Superman. We didn't have all these, uh, these uh, uh, Marvel heroes when I was a kid. But, and I thought that when I put this cape on, I would have superpowers. And I would wear this cape to bed. And, uh, you know, it was getting dirty. And my mother said after a while, we need to wash it. I said, oh, no, you can't wash my cape. In case I lose superpowers. She wouldn't let me take it to school. I don't know why. But I went to, I wore this cape everywhere I went because I believed I had superpowers. And I remember at that time having a dream. I don't know if you've ever had this dream, but I, I, I dreamt that I could fly. Anybody ever had that dream where you, you could fly? Oh, thank you. I'm not the only one that's a bit strange here. But yeah. So I, I had one recently where I, I, I was in this dream. I sort of took off and, and flew like Superman. And landed on the Isle of Skye. <laughs> and then I, after a while in this dream, I sort of mustered this power again. It was a very liberating dream. I'm sure these people that interpret dreams would say there's a lot more in this. But I remember taking off and I found myself again in, uh, back in Scotland, back in mainland. 
and it was liberating. And I, I kind of, that kind of began probably when I, was a, when I was a child. And then I kind of grew up, and at 16 I got saved. And I remember having a sort of naivety of my faith. And I, you know, I kind of lose that a little bit as you get older. But I can remember once being lost. And this is a true story. You may get an, an indication of the kind of person I am when you hear the story. But I remember getting lost and thinking, now there was a story, I think, in the Acts of the Apostles where Philip was baptizing the Ethiopian eunuch. And then it said the Spirit of the Lord snatched him away. And he found himself in his otis. So I thought, right, what does this snatching away mean? Maybe he was kind of beamed up. I thought that, and I remember what I did is I, wherever I was, I, was, I climbed into this bush, and I kind of crouched down, and it was windy, and I thought, Lord, would you transport me like Philip right now, back home, because I've lost my way, and suddenly the wind died, and I looked around, and I, I was still in the bush, obviously, <laughs> surprise, surprise, and I can, if you've ever done it before, where you've been a bit of a fool and you've made sure no one's looking then you step out of the bush and you you but I had this kind of belief that God would use me in that way that I could fly I guess I grew up after that and 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 uh think but I still believed I had superpowers and you know I believed that I could change the weather but maybe not the weather but maybe I could change someone's weather and I remember in my early, I've been married 45 years, and in the early years of our marriage, I was working for a newspaper in Edinburgh, The Scotsman, and I remember getting a tax rebate. And uh, it, was, it was about £600, and in the early 80s, that was, that was, it's a lot of money now, it was a lot of money then, and I'm thinking, right, 600 quid, what can I buy with this? And my wife came out with these immortal words, the Lord has told me, and I thought, oh dear, that means the money's gone, you know. <laughs> And I said, well, what, what has the Lord told you? And she said, well, we have to give it away. I said, oh, can't we just give a bit of it away? No, we have to give it all away. I said, oh, dear. I said, well, the Lord hasn't told me. He will. Um, and so the story goes, there was a lady in our church. She was in dire straits financially, and she'd been praying for a breakthrough in her life. And my wife had said, we need to take that 600 quid, turn it into cash, put it in a brown envelope, and stick it through a door anonymously. And, you know, it was painful at first, I have to tell you. But then I realized that she was right. And after 45 years, I realized she's still right. <laughs> and uh, we, we did that. We put this money through this lady's door, and we just stood back, and we just observed and watched and enjoyed the process of watching. It was, it was a catalyst for her, yeah. which changed her life. It wasn't just that. It was the fact that God answered her prayer and she began to see some change in her life. We were using superpowers. You may not think that, but actually it was superpowers because we're being obedient to God. And okay, that was a pretty obvious monetary sort of practical thing. But there are so many ways that you and I could take what God has given us and we can use those superpowers and change someone's life today. Words. Our words matter so much. What we say to our, our, our spouses, what we say to our children, what we say to our family really matters. Yeah. And as followers of Jesus, what comes out of our mouth is really important. It's very easy to pull down. I remember when I was 13, my parents were born on the island of Malta. And when I was 13, um, we had family. I say that because we, I think they came with my mother and father in the 50s and we had this family visiting us, and we're sitting in a circle, and this family say, well, tell us about your boys. I've got three brothers. And my mother went around the room, and she said, well, 
you know, the eldest one, he's great, he's at university, he's doing this, and this one, oh, he's just about to go to university, and this one, he's doing his hires, and, and Adrian, he's the stupid one. I mean, that's what she said to a th- about a 13-year-old boy. I'll never forget that. I was 13. My mother said I was the stupid one. She was right, but <laughs> she didn't have to tell everybody. Um, but it had an impact. Those words mattered. Yeah. She could have said, Adrian is the apple of my eye. Yes, absolutely. It would have, it, I, did, I wouldn't have had this chip on my shoulder for years. And I say that, I share that story because it really matters. Words really matter. And so this, this thing about the DNA that we've got that, that manifests itself through the light is really important, folks. Whether it's, whether it's changing this little girl's life, whether it's speaking a word to your yeah. own sons and daughters, yeah. Yeah. it matters. Yeah. What I say to my kids, as grown up as they are, really matters. Yes. How do I look in this dress, Dad? You look beautiful. I mean, I would never say anything other than that, you know. Um, because they're waiting for my affirmation and my words. Our words matter, folks. And as followers of Jesus, as members of this church, what, when we go out of this place, what we say and what we do really does make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And he, here's what I believe, and I, I want to almost um, um, leave you with this. If you hear nothing else, hear this. That, that sometimes I spoke to pastors and they say, oh, you know, the church is hard, people aren't getting saved. And I said to a pastor uh, recently, I was in Inverness, and he was sharing his woes of evangelism and outreach, and he said, it's just not happening, we're not seeing folk. I said, look, you know, it's easy for me to say this, I'm not pastoring your church, but I truly believe that the, the people who don't know Jesus today are on a journey from, from conception when the seed was sown in their life to new life. And that gestation period in a, in a, in a baby's life or, or a human is nine months. It might be nine years, but every single thing we bring into that situation knocks this person on from that place of conception to eventual new birth. Don't ever underestimate the power of what you bring or you do in someone's life to knock them closer to salvation. I believe it with all my heart. And I've seen people, friends, who I've prayed for and, and, and reached out to and been light to that have been knocked along that journey and then, and then they've accepted Jesus as their saviour. It just doesn't always happen with this, this epiphany moment for, the, for a person the first time. They've been on a journey. And I want to encourage you, church, that uh, it's great that you have to have more than one service because there's not enough seats, but we want this to be, you know, multiple. We want to see this place to be a beacon of hope. And it's not about the leaders. It's about the body of Christ. It's about you and I. What we say makes a difference. So I want to encourage you to be willing to stand up and use those superpowers. You see, darkness is quite insipid, really. You know, darkness paralyzes. It, darkness consumes people that are in darkness. When I was probably around about 13 or 14, my father took me up Mount Snowden. Anybody been to Snowdonia before? It's always normally one or two. And I remember, just remember going up this mountain and we, we, we went up one of these vehicular kind of vehicles, got to the top, and my dad had a bright idea that we'd walk back down. And, uh, but we got about a third of the way down and darkness fell. And we didn't know which was road, which, where was the path, and where was the 200-foot drop. And I remember, I could just see the outline of his face as a child, and I remember think, I could see the fear on him, because we were lost. And God always reminds me of that story, because that's how people feel that are in darkness. 
And uh, in, in this particular story, we didn't fall off the cliff. Uh, a vehicle came around the corner and it lit up the whole place. And it was like we were saved. We could see the road. We could see the, the path. And we could see the drop. But we were okay. But that God always uses that for me to realize that's how, that's how paralyzed people are that are living in darkness. And we've got light. Yeah. And, you know, it's not about my ability or inability. You know, sometimes I, I, I just think I'm an imposter. I'm not, am I doing this? It's not about me. It's about Jesus in me. It's about Jesus in you. What you say in the name of Jesus and what you do in the name of Jesus will win souls for Jesus. It, it will. It's not about my ability to do that. I can't save anybody, and nor can you. And so today, as, um, as you go about your day, I want to encourage you to just to, to think about that for a moment. It's, it's not rocket science. It's, you know, it's, I believe it has to come by revelation sometimes because we get bogged down with all our stuff that sometimes we don't think that God can use me. We've got, I've got my problems. I've got my challenges. We all do have challenges today. We all do. I can go around this room and ask, and we'll all be able to share something that's a challenge in our life today. But it doesn't change the fact that Jesus is in your heart, right. and Jesus can use you. And sometimes, you know, maybe an oversimplification, in Jesus using us, many of my problems fall away. Mm-hmm. When I step out there in the name of Jesus, I, I'm buzzing. Yeah. You know, I, it's just a great place to be. But I have to make that choice to do that. So you've got superpowers today. There's a passage I want to finish with in, um, in the book of Colossians in chapter 3. It says, Therefore are God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. It says, clothe yourself with compassion. Clothe yourself with kindness, with humility, with gentleness. Forgive, bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And above all these virtues, clothe yourself with love, which binds all these things together in perfect unity. See, when I get up every day, I have to make a choice. I'm either going to just fall on my face and do nothing, or I'm going to, one of the ladies said about being intentional. Or I'm going to be intentional for Jesus. I, I, I get up every day and think, I've got superpowers. What can I do? Whose life can I impact? And uh, again, it was said from up here, I've, I have a philosophy in life where when I meet people like Michael and pastors and church leaders, I'm thinking, well, if only I pay for the coffee, they're going to be in a better place when I've, at the end of meeting them than before. I want to impart something that means they're in a better place when they've left being with me than before. Yes. And, and that's the kind of philosophy that I have of life. And to remind me of that, um, I bought something recently. This kind of revelation that came to me before I'm sharing it with you about these superpowers. And I bought this on Amazon. Does anybody have an Amazon account here? Yeah, yeah. Well, my daughters use my Amazon account. And when I buy something, they'll text me and say, why are you buying that, Dad? But I'm not allowed to ask them why they're buying that, you know. So I bought this particular thing that I want to show you. And they're saying, Dad, you're not going to take that to church, are you? I says, yeah. Well, Dad, you're not going to wear it, are you? I says, because they sometimes watch the stream of me going out. But you'll embarrass us if you wear it, Dad. I said, I have it 
so that it would remind me every day that I have superpowers. I'd like to show you this, if I may. <laughs> now, this is a, an adult cape, and when I have it on, I can do things in Jesus' name that I can't do other times. Now, Michael, they're $9.99 on Amazon if you want one. You now know what to buy Stephen for Christmas. But I carry it around with me. I don't actually wear it all the time, and I won't wear it today, girls. But I have it because it reminds me I've got superpowers. All right, I'll put it on. And, and, and right now, my girls are going, oh, no, Dad, don't do this. But, yeah, there you go. I'm not going to fly today, okay? <laughs> but it reminds me I've got superpowers, and you have. And I want to just pray for you right now. And I want to ask you that whatever you're doing today, whether it is speaking to me about sponsoring a child, whether it's about who you're going to speak to today when you leave this place, it's about who God has put on your heart that doesn't know Jesus today. I could ask each one of you to... Think about one person that doesn't know Jesus, that's in, in need of lightness in the midst of darkness. And I'm sure we could all think of one person. And it's saying, God, what can I do to impact this life? What superpowers can I use to knock this person along this gestation period from conception to new life? I want to pray for you and ask the Holy Spirit to empower you right now. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the body of Christ that meets in this place. Thank you for these lovely people and the, the love of God that they have in their hearts. I thank you for the, for the warmth that I felt when I walked in this place. And thank you for the warmth I feel from these lovely people right now. Lord, it's Jesus in them. It's Jesus in each one of us. Father, would you just pour out your spirit right now on every person here? Would you give them a sense of mission today in what they do? That it's not about others, it's about me. Father, would you lift off us any heaviness, I pray. Lord, I pray for those that are, that are carrying sickness today. Lord, that your hand would bring healing. Those that might be struggling with mental health, Lord, that your hand would bring lightness, Lord, would bring freedom. And every single one of us would be launched today as we reach out our hands that we have superpowers because of Jesus. Lord, cause us not to take the light and put it under a table, but for us to shine that light, for others to see that they may know the hope that we all subscribe to. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Please feel free to contact us through our website, foundchurch.co.uk, or you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.